0: Hebrews chapter 11 this morning. Hebrews 11 and verse 31. We've been singing about salvation this morning. And we all know, everybody here that knows Jesus Christ as their Savior knows that salvation is the most important thing in life. But I'm not sure we understand what it cost. I'm not sure we understand all that it means to us. I'm not sure that we understand just how wonderful what we have, what we're offered uh, in this salvation that we have is. I think it's very easy for us to uh, become whole home about it and, and, and miss the reality, the blessing, the wonder of salvation. We'll look at Rahab the harlot this morning, <clears throat> and Rahab the harlot is a fascinating character. She is a little lady that with very little light, with very little understanding, she comes to a place of faith, and she trusts the living God, and he transforms her life completely. First of all, he saves her in the fall of Jericho, her and her family, Uh, but more than that, uh, he brings her into a relationship with him, and she becomes part of the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that sounds wonderful to us. And it is wonderful. But do you know that when God saved you, he took you from being a child of the devil. That's hard to think, isn't it? A child of the devil, and he made you a child of God. You got adopted into his family. He changed you fundamentally, profoundly. And he made you a different kind of a person. And when we look at salvation, when we think of salvation, we don't understand that. It's the greatest change that can happen in a life when God takes and God saves somebody and changes you. And if you're not saved this morning, I I, I would plead with you. Would you let God work in your heart this morning? Would you just just allow him, even right now before we start, say, Lord, you know what? If this is true and it's real and it's of you, I want it. And invite God in. Let God work in your heart as far as this is concerned. Because the Holy Spirit is the uh, is the author of salvation. Uh, he's the one that brings it, at least. And he, he brings salvation to our hearts, and, and he's the one that makes it real to us. And if you'd invite him in, he's here. He can do it. He can make it real for you. And you could walk away today knowing that your eternity with God is secure and knowing that you have a relationship with him that will endure through your life and help you and bless you with everything you ever have to do. Listen, it's the best offer anybody, anywhere, was ever given. And if you haven't received it, receive it today, will you? Let's ask the Lord's blessing. Father, would you bless us now, Lord, as we look to you and look to your word, help us. We thank you for Rahab. We thank you for the work that you did uh, in Rahab's life. We thank you, Lord, for... <clears throat> uh, the, the clear testimony of a salvation, Lord, that came with so little light. And, oh, Lord, we do pray that you would just bless us and help us now as we look. to Lord, if there be one in this room that's not saved, may today be the day. Lord, if there's one here that needs to, uh, Lord, recognize the reality of their salvation and live up to that reality, Lord, may today be the day. And, Lord, may we all be encouraged and blessed, Lord, as we think of all that you've given us. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Okay, Hebrews eleven thirty one. <clears throat> By faith, uh the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believe not when she had received the spies with peace. Now, uh, this comes after the fall of Jericho, but the story begins before the fall of Jericho. In Joshua chapter 2, you don't need to turn there. Let me just tell you the story. Uh, in Joshua chapter 2, uh, Joshua sends out quietly, he sends out two spies because spies had brought great trouble uh, before. Remember, 40 years before that, uh, they sent out 12 spies. Two of, the, two of them came back with a good report, Twelve, 10 of them came back and said, No way, we can take it. And the upshot of it all was that the people people spent 40 years wandering around in the wilderness. So Joshua quietly sends two spies to spy out the land and to check it out. And they go to Jericho. And they end up somehow, we don't know how, uh, in the house of Rahab the harlot. It was probably an inn that she ran. uh, And they they end up in in her house. By the way, uh, Rahab the harlot was as her name implies she was not, she was a harlot she was not just an, in, an innkeeper uh, she comes from a terrible background uh, we know that by her name uh, but they, they end up in her house and the king of Jericho finds out that they're there and he sends soldiers uh, to go and get them because he knows you know what these guys are here to spy out the land they're here just to check us out they're going to uh, they're looking to take out uh, take us over and so he sends. but Rahab does something strange She hides them, and she tells them they're gone. And she sends them out to chase them, and then she looks after the the men, and we're going to read what it is that she asks about them in a moment, or at least I'll read it to you. So she protects them, and and she says, now listen, I know you're going to get this. I know you're going to take over our our town. I know you're going to take over this land God has given it to you, but will you take care of me and my family? And so they say yes, and they tell her she's to hang a ribbon Uh, outside her window when the battle starts and they do they protect her they take care of her and she is saved and her family are saved uh, because she chose to protect them now we're going to see in a minute why she chose to protect them why she actually understood that it was a good reason uh, it was good for her to protect them but it's, it's, it's life changing for her and her family the choice that she makes do you know that we're all called to make choices all the time And so many of our choices, we really don't think about it this way, but so many of our choices are actually choices between what God wants and what I want. Choices between what God wants and what other people want. So many of our choices are choices like that. And this little lady is going to come down on the right side of it. She's going to make the right choice. Now, you know what? We need to make the right choices, and we need to do it regularly in our lives. Make the right choices. Choose uh, to trust him. All right. Point number one is the basis of, of Rahab's faith. In jo- Joshua 2, verse 8, let me just read it to you, right? Uh, and before they were laid down, this is the two spies are now hidden in her house, uh, she sent away the soldiers, and, and before they were laid down, she came up to them on the roof, and she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. And she says, I know... That your God has given you, it's her land, it's her people, it's her city, but I know God has given it to you. And your terror is falling upon us. We're afraid of you. Do you know that God is able to do that? God is able to put terror in people's hearts. God is able to make them afraid. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord, and as the rivers of water, he turneth it with us, he will. He can make people afraid. And he makes these people uh, in Jericho, they're afraid. Your terror has fallen upon us uh, so that all of the inhabitants of the land faint because you were afraid. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you. Remember, we looked quite some time ago at the fact that when it came to the, the Red Sea, God dried up the Red Sea and the nation of Israel passed through as on dry land. There God was able to do this. Now, God did that, and he gives us reasons for doing it. He, he wanted Israel to know that he was God. He wanted Egypt to know that he was God. And he wanted the whole world to know that he was God. And it worked. You know that God's plans always work. You look at God doing things in your life, and you look at God doing things uh, in your world today, and sometimes it doesn't look as though it's going to work. It always works. It always works. He's God. When he works it out, he works it out perfectly, and it always works. Sometimes he doesn't work it out the way we wanted him to. Sometimes he doesn't work it out the way we expected him to. But you know what? God always works it out, and it works out right, and it works out well. And so we opened the Red Sea, and you know what? Forty years later, people are still talking about it. Remember what happened to Egypt when they went after this people? Well, he opened up the Red Sea for them, and then the Egyptians went into it, and the sea closed up on them, and everybody knows about it. These are the same people, and now they're knocking on our door. They're going to come take over Ireland, and they are terrified. And this little lady knows. And what he did did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom he utterly destroyed. And Joshua and his his army had battled against these two kings and defeated them. This is more recent. And she'd heard about this too, and she she knew what had been done. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. What had happened to this little woman is she'd, she'd heard about what God had done. She'd heard about the plague. She'd heard about uh, the Red Sea. She'd heard about the way they defeated these two kings. And she came to a conclusion. And her conclusion was this. The Lord your God. He is God. The Lord your God is the God of heaven and earth. He rules in the affairs of men. He is God. Now remember when we looked at the beginning of Hebrews chapter 11. We came to Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. And it says this. That he that cometh to God must believe that he is. She's come to believe that he is. Believing that he is is not just believing that God exists. The devils also believe and tremble. Believing that he is means you come to the place where you believe that he is God. That he is in charge. That he rules in the affairs of men. That he rules over heaven and earth. That he rules over heaven and hell. That he is the God, the one and only God. And he is in charge of all of it. Your life and your eternity are in his hands. That's true for all of us. My life is not in anybody else's hands. It might appear to you sometimes like somebody else has got control over you. No, your life is in God's hands. Your life is in his hands. There's only one person in this world that you really need to be concerned about, and that's him. You get things right with him, and everything's right. You get things wrong with him, and nothing's going to be right. He is God, and he rules in the affairs of man. And this little woman comes to the place where she understands that, where she knows Your God is the God. But she's not just going to leave it with this fearful knowledge of Him. Remember the other part of faith, the other part of faith is we must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. She comes to understand that too. Because she comes to a place where she says, and listen, if He's your God, I'm going to protect you, but I'm asking you to do one thing for me. Listen, you protect me too, because your God is able. And she comes out on God's side of it. When she heard of his mighty works, she became a believer in Jehovah. Now, the the, the light that she had, she didn't have a Bible. She didn't have a church. She'd never been to a service anywhere. The light that she had was just what she'd heard about this God and the fact that he was able. And she came to the place where she trusted in him. You know, as a group of people, we have so much more than that, don't we? As a group of people, we have so much knowledge of God. In fact, if I think of the land of Ireland, there's so much knowledge of God in this land. There's so much knowledge. When you talk about the cross, you know, the cross was not new to me when I got saved. I knew about the cross from the time I was tiny. I knew about the Bible. I knew lots of the Bible stories from the time I was a child. I knew so much. But, you know, it's not enough for us to know. There has to come a time when we actually do business with what we know, when we actually take it seriously and deal with it as truth. If there's a God in heaven, then he rules in the affairs of men. And if there's a God in heaven, then he says what happens for eternity. Does that make sense? That has to make sense to us. So let me ask you the question. Where does he say you're going to go when you die? Where does he say, What does he say? Because that's all that matters. I mean, you can have all your own. I, I know people and, and they're going to have a chat with them when they get there. And they're going to they're gonna <clears throat> basically I tell them what they expect and what they want and so on. They, they don't understand. No, he's God. He rules in the affairs of men. He's God. You, you don't get to contest with him. You don't get to get your solicitor go up against him and demand plead your cause for you. You don't even get your barrister to go. He's God. He just decides, where are you going to spend eternity? Yeah, the Bible says there's only two places that we can spend eternity. One is heaven with him forever as his children. And the second is hell. Nowhere else. No middle ground. No second chance. No... Does heaven or there's he- Where does he say you're going to spend eternity? <clears throat> you say, well, I'm a good person. Well, let me make a dreadful statement to you. Good people don't go to heaven. Good people don't go to heaven. A lot of good people in this world uh, who live good lives and uh, do well, but they're not going to heaven. In fact, the reality is that very often somebody's goodness becomes an obstacle to them going to heaven. What I mean by that is somebody who lives a, a quote-unquote upright life and does the right thing, they, they can come to the place in their lives where they think, well, you know what, I'm good enough for heaven. And the Bible says nobody's good enough for heaven. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says that everybody is deserving of a place in hell. The Bible says that, that God showed us his love, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And you know the problem a good person has? The problem a good person has is they have a hard time admitting they're a needy sinner. And being a good person can actually stand in your way of coming to the place where you get saved. Because good people don't go to heaven, born again people go to heaven, believers go to heaven. People who have trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior, they go to heaven. See, Jesus said this. He said, i am come to seek and to save that which was lost. Do you know he has no message for you if you don't think you need him? He has no message for you if you think you're good enough. He has no message for you if you think you're a good person. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And the truth is we're all lost. At least we all start off lost. We're all in need. We're all in desperate need. And a little woman, thousands of years ago, with so little light, came to the place where she recognized He is God. He rules in heaven and earth. There's nobody else like Him or beside Him, and He's the only hope I have. And she cast herself upon Him. And He did what He always did to somebody who cast themselves upon him. He reached out to her and drew him close to him. And you're going to say, but she was really wicked. She was a, she was a prostitute. Because that's what the word harlot means. She, she, she had a wicked life. Do you know that her sin was not an obstacle to her believing? Sometimes we get that idea, don't we? They're too bad to get saved. No. Sin is not as big an obstacle as being good is. Because being good puts you in the place where you think you're okay. Isn't that what we learned from the Pharisees? The Pharisees were good people. They kept the law. They did right. They, 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 they went to the synagogue. They read the scriptures. They gave money. They, they did everything, and they thought they were good. And Jesus said, you're a generation of vipers and hypocrites. And there's no hope for you. And why was he saying that to them? He was trying to undermine their righteousness and get them to the place where they recognized they were needy. I wonder, do you recognize how needy you are today? I wonder, do you recognize that before God, you can't do it? That before God, you can't earn your way to heaven, you can't be good enough to go to heaven? Nobody can. I wonder, do you recognize that? I wonder, is your goodness kind of standing as an obstacle between you and God today? And you've never come to that place where you've trusted Christ as your Savior because you've never really felt the need Because you're getting along just fine in life. Let me tell you, that's a deception from the enemy. You need him. You need to be saved. You need to be born again. That there's no other way to heaven apart from that. And in order to be born again, you have to humble yourself and come to that place where you say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. I need I need your salvation. Lord, I am a sinner. I have gotten it wrong. And you cry out to him. Listen, he never refuses. If we recognize our need and cry out to him. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He will save you if you call out to him. So the first thing we see with Rahab is the basis of her faith. And it was slim by comparison to what we have. But then there's a cost of her faith. She trusted Jesus Christ as her Savior, and it wasn't life as normal. It wasn't life, it wasn't carry on doing what you're doing. It, it, it She had to come to a choice, a decision in her life that, that chose God, Jehovah God, and she had to choose Jehovah God over her own people. You, know, you could read this story, and I've done it, and, and thought, she was a traitor. She betrayed her own people. To save her own skin. You could look at it like that. You could could look at it from that angle. But, But that's not what she did. She chose the living God over her own people. She chose the living God at risk of her life over her own people. Do you know that we're all called to make that choice? We're all called to choose the living God over self and over other people.